It's that time again. It's Greek for the week. I'm Chris Palmer. Let's open our Bibles and get right down to the original language, the Greek. God bless you. It's Greek for the week. That's right. It's the Greek for the week podcast. One year after taking to Instagram, we're now taken to podcast. And we're not just giving you one minute like we do on Instagram. It's going to be 20 plus minutes of Greek for the week to take you deeper in the Word of God to make your commute home or your exercise or your chores around the house a little bit more enjoyable and hopefully much more educational. So with that, let's jump into what God has for us here on Greek for the Week. This is the fourth week of the month of November here in America, and us Americans like to do something very special on the fourth Thursday of the month, and that is we give thanks and praise to God for all that He's given us on Thanksgiving Day. Most of us come together with close family and friends and relatives, and we gather around the table, and we have a Thanksgiving feast. Now, just to give you some statistics, if you're not familiar with Thanksgiving, 45 million turkeys in 2000, uh, 2016 were consumed on Thanksgiving Day. 45 million turkeys in one day. That's a lot of turkey. And if you combine that with everything else that Americans ate, that is, as a whole, 8.1 billion calories consumed by Americans. If you break that up, that's about 4,500 calories per person, which simply means that there's a lot of eating that goes on. If you wanted to break those calories up and work them off, you'd end up having to do 32 miles of intense running. That means that if I don't want to gain weight this Thanksgiving, I'm going to have to either eat less or run more, in which case I'll probably eat less because I don't know how to do a whole lot of running. I maybe could go one or two miles, but that's about it. I always do my special deep-fried turkey on Thanksgiving, and uh, I'll be doing it again this year, and my family loves it, which means that I'll probably end up eating more. So we'll see how things pan out. But we're going to have a good time on Thanksgiving, and it's going to be a blessing to be with my family. Um, And we're going to do something special, and we always pray, and we take time and acknowledge that every blessing we have in 2018 has come from you, Heavenly Father. And we thank you for our health. We thank you for our love. We thank you, Lord, for your salvation. We thank you for everything that we have. It comes from you. We recognize God. Because as we're going to see in this podcast today, Thanksgiving blesses the heart of God. Thanksgiving is what we give to God for what he's given us, and it releases God's heart towards us. A powerful life a righteous life, a life that overflows with the blessings of God, a life of joy and peace is a life that first expresses thanksgiving to the source, and that is the hand of God. And so if you want to have a powerful connection with the Lord, you become a thankful person. Luke chapter 17 and verse number 11, I want to show you a few things from the Greek that will help us understand how thanksgiving releases God's blessing in our life and how thanksgiving touches the heart of God. I know that if you're sad or you're depressed or you feel lonely, you feel like there's no power in your connection with the Lord, that thanksgiving is one way to activate that in your life. An active relationship with God comes through an act of thanksgiving with God. Let's look at verse number 11. It says here, on the way to Jerusalem, He, talking about Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. 
Now, verse number 12 is where it really starts to get interesting. It says, and as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers. Now, this is interesting because Jesus wasn't just meeting anybody. There's something specific about them, and it is that they had leprosy. Now, the Greek word here for lepers, leproi, because it's plural, is an interesting word because it was also used in ancient Greek or in profane Greek to describe roads that were rocky or that weren't smooth or that were poor roads to travel on. Now, being a Michigander, someone that lives in Michigan or northern United States, I know a little bit about this because after the winter, our roads become awful. If you've ever driven in Michigan, you probably noticed that our roads are, by and large, busted. This because the snow and the ice accumulate, and then it heats up, and everything starts to crack. And so around March, we spend a lot of our time as Michiganders dodging potholes, fixing busted tires and broken axles, and automobile shops make a whole lot of money on people's misfortunes because of the roads. <laughs> um, there's potholes and craters everywhere here in Michigan. In fact, you can make a postcard. I think I saw one that showed busted roads and said, welcome to Michigan. We know something about that. Well, more than that, they're extremely ugly to look at. That's why people tell their civil and local governments, we need to get these roads fixed. Be as it may, this gives you the picture of these lepers' skin. It had craters in them, had holes in them, and their outward body was falling apart. And in those days, when you called somebody a leper, or you said lepros, you were saying that they were in the last stages of this skin disease, which means that limbs were now starting to fall apart. They were in bad condition. And it says here that as Jesus was approaching, they stood at a distance and lifted up their voice. Now, the Greek word here, lifted up, aron, is from the Greek word iro, which means to raise something to a higher position. It means to take something to the next level, which means that they would have seen Jesus coming and their voices would have suddenly gotten a whole lot louder. As they yelled, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, the reason their voices suddenly got louder is because they wanted Jesus' attention. They wanted Jesus to notice him. A lot of us have been in that position before where we're in an unfortunate position. Something or some condition has taken place in our life, and we want God's attention, so we suddenly take our prayers or our requests or our petitions to the next level. And that's okay. I think at times or all the time when we're in something or a state that we can't help ourselves, we always have the right to go to God and ask Him for His help and come to the Lord and say, Hey, Father, I come before you humbly. I can't do this on my own. I need your help. And your petitions become more intense. But I'll say this right here, is that as our petitions become more intense, that when God answers them, our thanksgiving should be all that much more intense. That our thanksgiving should match what God has done for us in our lives. So you'll see here that at the very beginning, the petition was intense. But by the end of the story, the thanksgiving was surprisingly and woefully 
light. Our thanksgiving should always match our petition. Well, in verse 14, it says that when Jesus saw them, he simply said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. Now at the time, the priests were the ones that were able to declare people with skin conditions and leprosy clean and allow them to be part of society again. Jesus was obeying the cleansing laws, ceremonial laws, telling them, go see the priest. Let them tell you that you're clean. And it says here, and as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15, then one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back, praising God, with a loud voice, or in the Greek, megales phones, which means an extremely loud cry, enough that it would get everybody in proximity's attention. It was a lavish praise. And it was a lavish thanksgiving. And it even intensifies this in verse 16 and says, And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. You get the picture. This leper must have not gone very far because when he turned back, he found Jesus where he had been healed. It must have taken place almost instantaneously. We could say it was an instant miracle. Now, if you had asked God for something in your life and he did an instant miracle, that would be pretty, pretty, pretty incredible. It would be enough for you to come back and dance and shout if all of a sudden, the moment you asked Jesus to do something for you, he did it. I can imagine that my praise, or I'd like to think my praise, would be just as intense as this leper that had come to see Jesus. But here in verse 16, we see something really interesting that Luke does as he's writing this story. In the Greek, it says kai, autos, and samaritase. Or, translated in the English, now he was a Samaritan. This is a very important detail that Luke actually puts at the end of the story. He could have put in this detail in verse number 15 at the very beginning so that it would read, now a Samaritan when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising God with a loud voice. But Luke actually saves the detail for the end of the account because it's known in writing as a surprise ending, or we would call it simply a circumstantial clause, which acts as a twist to the story. That's right. This story has a twist ending. That the person who came to give God praise was a Samaritan. If you were reading this during Luke's time, your jaw may have dropped. It might have become unhinged. That this detail has changed the way the story reads. Have you ever gone to see a movie and you think you have it figured out and you're trilling along and then in the last 15 minutes it takes a side journey that you never saw coming. It makes so much sense, and it changes the way you look at everybody in the movie. The bad guy now is the good guy, and the good guy is now the bad guy. And everything you thought about the movie has just changed completely. That's what's happening in this story because of this circumstantial clause. It overthrows your expectations and gives you another perspective. And that's because during Jesus' day, Samaritans were loathed. They were looked down upon. And 
it would be unexpected for a Samaritan to come back and give the Lord thanks. Now, by saying this, Luke's actually saying, not only consider the one who gave Jesus thanks, but who are the ones that didn't give thanks? And presumably, they were Jews or ones that would have been expected to give Jesus thanks. And this is illustrating something rhetorically for us, is the human tendency for even sometimes the best of us to forget God when he does something miraculous, supernatural, or instantaneous for us. And it's serving as a warning for us to remember the Lord when he blesses us, to not just go our way, back into society, back into mixing with everyone, back into the rat race. But before we go into the rat race, before we go back into getting back into life and being so busy, we need to be like the Samaritan and go back to Jesus and say thank you. Because like I said in the very beginning, our thankfulness and the intensity of our thankfulness matches our petition. And the intensity of our our petition matches our thankfulness. And thankfulness isn't just for the Lord. It's for us because it releases power in our life. Look what it says in verse 17. Then Jesus answered, we're not 10 cleansed. Where are the nine? And finally, the third question, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Now, there is in writing something that's called the rule of three, which means that if you're going to emphasize something in writing, to put it in a pair of three. And that's why here, there are three questions that Jesus asks. It emphasizes and points out the disappointment that Jesus had that the other nine didn't return and thank him, which simply means that unthankfulness disappoints the heart of God and obstructs his blessings in our life. Verse number 19, Jesus looks at the one, and this is what he says, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, the Greek word here, made you well, is sesokin, which comes from the Greek word sozo, where we get the word salvation. Now, this is quite interesting because scholars go back and forth about whether or not Jesus is saying that it's your faith that caused your body to be healed, or is Jesus referring to another blessing that this man has received salvation? Now, what I believe is that this man's faith, through his praise and his thanksgiving, distinguished him from the other nine who had received bodily healing. So, it can't just be referring to bodily healing. It has to be referring to something more and something extraordinary that this man received that the other nine didn't because of his praise and his thanksgiving. I believe it's referring here to salvation. His thankfulness from the miracle that he had received brought him back to the feet of Jesus and caused him to worship the Lord. And as a result, it brought him salvation because through his thankfulness, He was placing his faith in the Lord and his faith in Jesus as the Messiah. And because of his thankfulness, 
he had received not only bodily healing, but salvation for his soul. Thankfulness opened up to him the ultimate blessing of all, and that is eternal life. Because in our thankfulness, it connects us to God and releases his power. You know something? If the Lord's done something good for you, if he's done something miraculous in your life, or if he's done something ordinary in your life, by just giving you the clothes you have on your back or the fuel in your car, by thanking God it with a heart of sincerity, it always opens the door to release more blessing in our life. You know, as I've traveled before, I've always seen those little tiny, uh, little, they're like statues or things uh, that you put on your desk. They sell them in the gift shops and you open one up. It looks like a little figurine, like a little uh, woman or a man or whatever. And then it opens up. And then in the middle, there's another one. And then you open that up and there's another one. And it keeps on opening up and there's in each and every one, there's another one. If you can get what I'm talking about. I believe that's how the blessing of God is. You see on the outside what God blesses you for, the blessing God's given you, and you thank Him, and He opens it up, and there's more inside, and there's more, and there's more, and there's more. So every time God does something for you, when you thank Him, there's always more in store because the blessings of God are infinite, and they're released to us when we thank Him. You know, I remember one time when I got into a serious car accident. I was driving down the freeway, traffic was slowing, and I looked in my rearview mirror and there was a semi-truck coming directly toward my car. And all I had time to do was yell out, Jesus, help me. And that thing came smashing into my car as hard as it could and sent my car into oncoming traffic, and my car slid, and it moved, and stopped just short of going onto the other side of the freeway. When the police officer came, he said to me, I am so surprised that this accident wasn't any more serious than what it turned out to be. I had a few bruises and scrapes, but that was it. I was okay. I got up and I went on a preaching trip three days later. Well, I remember that after that happened, I had received a settlement from uh, the trucking company who hit me. And I couldn't wait because to receive that settlement because I was cutting God's portion out of that. And I took that check and the portion that I was giving to God from it. And I went into my church the next day and I told my congregation that I received this settlement that God has blessed me, he has spared my life, and I am giving this check to the Lord. And I told my church, excuse me, but you're going to have to wait a second while I take up this offering. I had the, uh, the usher come forward. I put my check in the bucket, and I danced before the Lord with all my might. And I said, thank you, Jesus. You saved me from this accident. You delivered me. You spared my life. You gave me more days upon this earth to fulfill your will. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Every blessing has come from you. I honor you. I worship you. And I went wild, man. I tell you what, I danced like a wild man that day because I gave God thanks. Because when I cried out to him before that accident, my petition matched my thanksgiving. And I gave God intense thanksgiving because in that moment, I had an intense request. 
and that was save my life, Lord. And he saved it, and I danced to the Lord like he had saved it. And I know that as I go through life, it's my desire to thank God with all my heart for every blessing because I know God deserves my thanksgiving, and I don't want to be like the nine that just went their way back into society. I don't want it to surprise God that I didn't give him thanks. I want God to say, yep, he's down there giving me thanks for all that I've given him. So today, I want to encourage you. Thanksgiving is due to the Lord. Make sure that you give God praise and make sure that your praise matches the intensity of your petition. God bless you. Make sure you tell your friends, follow along, and come along for this podcast as we continue to put them out every week. May God bless your life. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us further, you may visit us on the web at lightoftoday.org. God bless and good studying.